Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Broker Bros Podcast, the podcast for brokers by brokers. I'm your host, Joe Adonolfi. And I'm your co-host, Alex Kushka. And we're back. Episode three, Alex. Yep. Getting into the swing of things here. You know it. Third time's a charm, right? If, if the uh, past two weren't that great, third, this third one's going to be it, man. We're hoping this one knocks it out of the park, so buckle up. Speaking about if it's great or not, if uh, if you're listening to us, definitely subscribe to us out on all the podcast formats. We're out on all of them. Um, leave us those five-star reviews. As I always say, if you can find out how to do the six-star review, we'll take it, man. Um, but no, in all seriousness, leave us comments, leave us reviews, let us know what you think. This is obviously, as we always say, this is a conversation, this podcast um, this is not just us spewing facts and information to you. This is a conversation between us as brokers and you as brokers out there. Um, so anything that you want to hear us talk about, things that you want to hear us tackle, address, as always, we always ask you, if you have questions, concerns, go ahead and submit um, into our email, specifically for the Broker Bros. And it is just simply brokerbros at shipldi.com. I know I screw that up a few times here. Our producer's always yelling at me here. Um, but uh, definitely go ahead and submit those questions over to that because, like like I just mentioned, we want to be able to have that conversation. Yeah, I just want to add in there, if anyone has a good idea for a topic that you think it would be good to hear us discuss, mm-hmm. send it in on the email, comment on our LinkedIn, let us know. I mean, if we agreed that it would be a good topic to discuss, you might be... You might be our uh, producer for our next episode, so who knows there. Yeah, I love it. I love it. We, we, like I said, it's, uh, it's a podcast for brokers by brokers, and, and we truly mean that, right? So yep. anything that is going out there, hot-button topics, you know, we'll, we'll definitely tackle them as they come up, right? Me and Alex kind of always have our, uh, our ear to the industry, to the pulse of what's going on, so we always want to tackle very relevant um, topics, market updates, things like that. But definitely let us know out there. Um, shoot us an email. Like Alex said, comment on our LinkedIn, give us a direct message, we're out there. Um, so, we need to talk about something, Alex. Yes, we do. we got to talk about what in the world happened to our beloved Buffalo Bills last, well, Tuesday night. Yeah, um, I think that I can speak for all of us that we expected a different outcome from the game on Tuesday night. Ugh. After all of the delays and uncertainty with the COVID outbreak in Tennessee. I didn't expect a blowout. No, not at all. I, I thought maybe, you know, they'd, they'd be a little, you know, cement in their shoes and a little uh, worse for wear there, but I, I didn't expect a blowout, man. If we were going to lose, I thought it was going to be a shootout or something like that. It was, uh, it, was, it was disappointing. It was disheartening, to say the least. Very disappointing. They came out ready to play, and our team did not. Are you in panic mode yet? I'm not in panic mode. Good. I think a big part of our struggles on Tuesday night were related to injuries on defense. Not saying our defense was doing very well to begin with, right. but we had a lot of key players out, and it showed. Well, so we had the best cornerback in the game out. Yep. I mean, Tredavious White and, and Josh Norman. Whew, did you see that stiff arm? Oh, man, he got to- oh, tossed man. like a rag doll. <laughs> that was bad. That was one of the worst stiff arms I've ever seen in football, and I've been watching it since I was two years old. Yep. Yep, that was uh, – that was pretty tough to watch for being one of your one of your players there. If you're Norman, you might have to pull Levante Davis and just retire. <laughs> He's got to retire at halftime. Yeah, you never something. know. I don't know. You got to get out of there, man. That was bad. But, uh, I mean, that's what happens when you ask Josh Norman to be your number one cornerback. He's I mean, not that guy anymore. He's not that guy. I mean, I don't know if Tredavious makes that tackle, but I don't think he gets tossed like that, man. That was, uh, that was something. But, yeah, I don't know. The, the defense, uh, Milano being out. 
Tredavious being out, I'm not going to make excuses, but they need to figure something out. We have no pass rush. We have absolutely no defensive line, it seems like. Where's that Oliver? Where's this ninth overall pick? Right. I don't see it. I'm not seeing it either. I'm and not worried about Josh. I'm not worried about the offense. They had an off day. Josh yeah. still looked good. He still was completing passes. A little yep. rattled, but the defense didn't help him at all. Yeah, we, we couldn't cover anyone. We couldn't get off the field on third down. So hopefully that's something that McDermott gets him in there and kind of chews him up about ready for uh, to get ready for Kansas City. Because, man, that will be a tough oh, game. Oh, yeah, it's not going to get any easier as far as no on the defensive way. side of the ball. I'll tell you that much. I mean, it was funny. I was sitting, I was with a few people last night over at a local uh, restaurant watching the game, and I just kept screaming at it, play action pass. That's all Tennessee was doing. Yep. And it, it, guys just running wide open. It's like our defensive line just can't contain. They collapse down oh. into the line, and Tannehill's booting out to the right or the left, and it's a wide open pass where Tannehill just runs into the end zone. There's nobody there for like 30 yards. Oh, On a couple man. plays, it was, it was upsetting. But God. Yeah, well... Can't win every game, so we'll move on from yeah. that one and hope that we bounce back great on teams. Monday. Yes, great teams always have a bad game or two. I, I was listening to the radio this morning. They said that the 91 Bills, they uh, they were 5-0, and went into Kansas City on a big Monday nighter, and they lost like 33-6 to or something like that. Got whooped, so it happens, right? Hey, we can hope that we got that uh, bad loss out of the way this week. God, I hope so, man. Uh, all right, well, enough of the sports. We are not a sports podcast. We are a freight brokering podcast. We're going to get into the freight brokering. Um, now, Alex, I know that we were talking a big hot-button topic, speaking of those, uh, last week was the broker transparency, right? Um, and, and that's between brokers and carriers. Carriers made a, a big fuss earlier in this year going to Congress, um, wanting to see more of that transparency from the brokers, right? What... Uh, what rates are actually going to be so they can see and they're not getting screwed. And, and we kind of went through that, right? And we have an update on that, right? You have another article that you saw out there? Yep. So I came across this article on Freight Waves. Uh, I believe it was posted on Friday. Um, just kind of an update here on the whole broker transparency battle, I guess you could say, between brokers and carriers. Um, carriers are looking to get all of the information that brokers have, what they're being paid for loads. Brokers don't necessarily think that is necessary. Joe and I have both shared our opinion on this. You know, we believe that supply and demand really drives the industry. So regulation and um, transparency may not be necessarily needed for this industry, but the FMCSA, which is the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Association, is holding a broker transparency listening session on October 28th. So they are going to have members of a couple different associations there. They're going to have the Owner Operator Independent Drivers Association, Small Business in Transportation Coalition, and then also the TIA, which is the Transportation Intermediaries Association. So, so there's the TIA is going to be there. Yes. So okay. they're holding a session to, I guess, hear what everybody thinks, hear the, you know, their grievances, how they feel about the situation. Um, something that we'll keep up on. Something that we'll definitely update our uh, our listeners here on. October 28th, though, there should be some interesting things that come out of that, and we will we'll Now, in that article, out. Alex, did they have any key points that they wanted to address? Did they really go into depth or detail on that stuff, or was it just a basic, hey, this is this is what's happening? Um, not too much in detail, more of just, uh, like, regurgitating everything that's been said since, like, May. Yeah. Um, you know, carriers feel like they were taken advantage of. They want to put regulations in place to stop that. Brokers disagree. Um, so now they are having an official session to hear everyone's thoughts, and we'll see what comes out of it. Maybe there will be. Yeah, I'm almost wondering what the end goal here is for, you know, even for, like, the TIA to go there, right? And right. And, and that's going to be all of us brokers, 
you know, into the, we buy into the TIA, right? LDI is yep. a member of the TIA, um, platinum certified TIA member, I believe. I believe so. Um, so that's a big deal, right? And I've been to the TIA conferences out there. Great stuff. Always, they always put on a great, uh, great conference. Um, so I'm just like, what the, it, it's almost just almost like a, a preliminary hearing. It's almost to me, you know what I mean? Like, hey, we've seen, we've heard your complaints, your, right. your, your gripes. Uh, from the carry side of things, let's get in a room and let's talk about it before it gets out of hand. Right. Um, is what I would kind of say. And I, I heard you talking about something else, and I wanted to kind of talk and touch about it because I thought it was a very interesting point. If carriers are going to want have to have that transparency, wouldn't then, and I would argue, then we need to have that transparency. If you're going to, for the sake of argument, right. wouldn't we need to have that transparency into, hey, Mr. Carrier, you've been making $1,200 on the... 250 mile run the past three months where's that transparency right 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 their costs aren't increasing beyond fuel and i don't think fuel's gone up drastically in that time frame so their costs are the same they're getting much higher rates for it so if you want transparency and regulation on the broker side when rates might be low i think the only fair way to go about it is to have that transparency on the carrier side when rates are high Um, and if they're going to put a regulation in place basically saying that brokers can only have a certain margin percentage on every load, then they might have to put something in place saying carriers can't charge these crazy rates for no necessary reason. Yeah, and I think it really all goes back to the ethics and the the etiquette of this relationship we have between brokers and carriers, right? And it, it really speaks to if you're a carrier and if you feel like you're being taken advantage of, have a better broker selection process, right? Think about it from our standpoint. When we have carrier selection process, what goes into that? A lot of things, right? And if mm-hmm. we know we're getting burned by a carrier, something doesn't feel right, I'm going to stop using that carrier. Right. I'm not going to even reach out. I'm not even going to attempt. Even if I had a load that I needed to get out ASAP and that was the only option, if I know that they are not going to be transparent from one, they're not going to give good updates, Right. they're not going to care about the freight, it's just, hey, cheap rate, boom, boom, I'm just going to get it done, I'm not going to go with that, right? So right. on the same flip side, I would argue if I was a carrier, if I know a broker... Um, that isn't really giving me a lot of information. He's not being, you know, very forthcoming on a lot of the information as far as, you know, maybe I got to the, the ship or I asked him if there was going to be a, uh, a lay or a detention, if, I, if they ever run a detention over there. No, no, you're all good, man. You're all good. Next thing I know, I'm waiting six, seven hours there. Right. I'm never working for that broker again, right? Yes. It really comes down to it, and, and it can only be done on a small level. Um, I get where they're coming from, and I get why this meeting is happening, Um because it needs to be talked about, right? But right. on a small level, it's just going to be, co- it comes down to relationships. It comes down to being, you're holding yourself accountable in the broker side or the carrier side and just being smart with your business relationships. Right. I was going to say the exact same thing. The carriers need to be smarter about the brokers that they start working with. And at you know the first sign of trouble and maybe irresponsibility or the broker not holding up their end of the deal, move on. There's plenty of the brokers out there. Um, you can see a lot of brokerages, you know, the reputation from things you see online, you know, you'll gauge it from your own experience. So same thing, like Joe said, I mean, we use past experience in determining which carriers we want to use. You got to use past experience and then, you know, what you hear from other people in the industry when choosing which brokers you want to work with. And I think that would kind of take away some of the issues, um, that have been brought up by this whole broker transparency hearing. Um, so we'll have to see what happens, what comes of it. Um, 
I think the carriers might get themselves into something they didn't necessarily yeah. expect because they might. I think so. I feel like if they want regulations on one side, it's going to have to be on both sides evenly, and, and they don't want that. No. So we'll see. I mean, it goes back to what we talked about last episode, right? And this is a free market economy. This is, right. this is America. There's no other way to put it. And sometimes good business practices need to just, that, that that's what it is. It's not, we need to regulate, we need to regulate. And this is going more on a personal belief, but regulation, 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 that's going to constrict and just, you're going to see a lot of bad things happen. Right. Not, to, not to sound like Trump there, but a lot of bad things. A lot of bad things are going to be happening. Um, but really, and not to oversimplify it, but in my eyes, more regulation, you're, you, it's going to constrict the transportation market and, and just the, the, the whole landscape of, of what we do here, right? Yeah. This is, this is a business. This yep. is a, you, you have your own brokerage. It is your business. You need to run it smartly, ethically, and you need to have proper etiquette. And that goes for the same thing on the carrier side. Make smart business decisions, right? Right. Don't get full, fooled two, three times by the same broker. What are you doing? You're, you're, what is the definition of insanity? Is repeating something and expecting the outcome to change? Yep. There you go. I yep. mean, sometimes you need to know when to walk away from things like that. It's just like the same thing on a broker side when I have a customer that is just giving me garbage freight and it's just not working out. There's always problems. There's always headaches. And I stay on too long because, ah, I need that customer. I need that customer. No, clean it. Trim it. Right. Be business smart. It's not going to change. So Exactly. Exactly. Well, We'll see what comes out of that, and we'll, we'll keep everybody updated on that for sure because it's uh, the fact that they're actually meeting in a, an official setting here with the FMCSA on it, there's actual some, some national attention to it. Right. Right? So. Yeah, so October 28th, we'll keep you guys updated on uh, the news we hear out of that session. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, it's an ongoing thing, right? And we're going to keep our, uh, keep our, uh, our tabs on it. So, um Another thing, speaking of etiquette, right, and speaking of kind of, of good business practices, one thing that I feel like goes overlooked and really isn't addressed a lot, at, um, especially agency models, uh, is etiquette when it comes to accessorials, right? right? Especially in an agency model where we are not here training brokers from scratch, day ones, you know, we're not teaching them their business practices, how they broker. They already have that coming into it, right? Right. We're not looking over their shoulder, making sure they're doing everything to the T, you know, by the company guidelines. A lot of it's left up to them. Exactly. And a lot of times, one of the calls that we get, Alex, I mean, driver sat there for eight hours and the broker says, screw you, I don't want to pay you detention, right. or, you know, vice versa. Um, and obviously, if you're a carrier, you're going to be upset with that, right? Right. Because it's important to know the proper etiquette, the proper procedures, what even is out there for an accessorial, right? You got to yep. know exactly which ones are out there, which ones are most common, which ones you're going to run into, and how to handle each one of those separately, right? Yep. Um, so we got a nice little list, um, and it escapes me at the moment where I pulled this from, but we will have it, uh, we'll have it credited in our, our show notes here on the podcast. But um, it is 28 accessorial charges and how to handle them is, is the title of it. So basically, what this uh, what this nice list does is it, it kind of goes through each one. It, it kind of crosses between LTL and truckload. We're going to stick more towards the truckload side of things. We can get into LTL. I want to do, we, we talked about that, and we want to kind of unveil something special that LDI has in the LTL realm yep. in the future episodes. We're going to do a whole episode dedicated just to LTL. So we'll keep it kind of to the truckload side of things right now. We're going to go over a few of the most common accessories you're going to see, what they are, yep. how to handle them, 
on customer and carrier side of things, and then basically some standards, right? What you can expect to pay. Uh, so, first one we're going to get into here, Alex, and uh, I'll let you kind of take the lead on this one, is additional stops. What are they? What, when can I run into them? What are situations? Yeah. And, and again, what the standard might be. Yeah, so you, I guess you could say like a traditional shipment, traditional lane would be one pick, one drop. So when we get into something that has multiple picks or multiple drops, that's going to be what we call an additional stop there. So that's going to be another location where the driver has to go park his truck, back it into a dock to either load or unload. Um, and then there's also going to be a fee with that. So it's not going to be the same rate that you got going from, we'll say, for example, Buffalo to Chicago. If we are going from Buffalo to Columbus, Ohio, and then Chicago, it's going to cost you more. So when it comes to additional stops, there is some, uh, you really got to take a step back and look at it. Okay, am I paying this guy a little bit more for a stop that is only 20 minutes, 20 miles away from my my final destination, or am I sending him 150 miles out of the way? That's a great point. It's an absolutely great point because in that that can go into your your standard fees, right? It can right. go. It could be upcharge, right? If I'm if it's kind of on the way, you know, those are always I'd say a fifty dollars, hundred bucks for a stop like that. Yeah. But as you said, if maybe I have to go 150 miles out of my way, right? And you're kind of doing a little. We're not going in a straight curve. line anymore. Yeah, you're not going yeah. in a straight line anymore. Yeah. Well, then you're going to have to pay maybe a little bit more for that, yeah. right? Absolutely. I, like you said, I think you know a quick nearby stop, probably $50 would be fair. When we're getting further away, you got to start looking at it and like, okay, how many more miles, how much more time is this going to take for the driver? Is it going to take up you know the rest of his day? And then try to figure out something fair to add on to the normal rate to you know compensate the driver for his time, you know for his effort there for the additional stops. And also just communicate that to your customer they're gonna to have to understand that one pain one pick one drop is gonna be a lot different than one pick three drops i mean there's gonna be pretty decent additional cost there especially if they're far apart um and there's not a ton of rate data on things like that so right. it's gonna be up to you and the carrier to kind of negotiate what's fair there i'm glad you said that alex because that is a big thing too and when i first started out in freight brokering when i got into additional stops that was the first thing i asked my director when i was at my previous company is like how do I do this? How do I rate this? I, I, I'm usually just point A to point B, right? Yep. And that comes into, right, I mean, you're, you can go off of loose estimates, like we said, like a standard of 50 bucks, right? If I just want to throw a quote out to my customer without, you know, getting a live quote from, from a carrier, you know, you always should, in my eyes. But if I don't have time and I kind of just need to get one back, you can kind of plan out your route. You can see that maybe that second delivery is on the way to the last one. I can assume, let's say, a hundred bucks to be safe. I'm gonna right. add on to the top of that rate, right? But if you're getting into more complicated, like you know, three drops or two picks, three drops, whatever. If you're going over that, that is something that I want to communicate to my customer and say, I can do that, right? I can I can get this service for you, but the turnaround time on this quote is gonna be a little longer, right? Yes. I need to actually work this. I need to talk to a few guys live, um, and, and I don't want to just shoot out a rate and have it be wrong and now I'm asking you for more money later because I, I didn't anticipate that it was way out of the way and it's a $200 fee instead of a $100 fee now. Right. And I think you want to communicate to your carrier. You made a lot of good points there, but you also want to say to them like, Hey, trust my judgment on this. This is what yeah. I do every single day. I've done it for, you know, however, how many years you've been doing it for. Um, and trust my judgment, judgment on it. if it comes back a lot higher than you expected. That's me telling you, hey, I think it's going to cost this much to make it happen. So if you want it to be cheaper, that's not realistic. So you got to say, trust my judgment as a broker, my experience here. This is how much I you know, envision it costing to move this multiple drop load. 
And if you want to make it happen, this is what we got to do here. Yeah, and that kind of goes into like when a customer asks me something, like to do something, and they want it done a certain way, right? I have this, I have this one pick, three drop, and I need to do it for this price, right? Come back to the customer. It's important to know how to have that conversation, right? Yes. And it's, Mr. Customer, I can absolutely do this for you with the one pick, the three drop, but this rate, we're going to need to work on it, right? And here are the reasons why. Yep. You know, multiple drops are going to be multiple additional stop fees, right? Yep. Maybe, like we said, maybe this one additional stop is out of the way. You, know, you need right. to be able to explain that to them. you got to pay it for the extra mileage. If there's exactly. hundreds of miles between each one, their time that they're going to be sitting at the dock. So you got to take all that into consideration. And, yeah, just from the customer end, I don't think you can really be just like a standard rate for no. this one pick, three drop. Like every driver would be willing to take a different rate on that. It's just you know up to them what they think is fair. There's no, there's no standard rate when it comes to multiple drops, I would say. Yep, I would agree. So um, in closing on additional stops, you can expect probably if it's a normal stop on the route, on the way, 50 bucks to 100 bucks is going to be your standard, right? Uh, and anything over is going to be kind of up to what you're talking to carry negotiating rates with them, right? So yep. in, in, in short, if you're over, if you're doing uh, multiple, multiple drops, like three or four, don't ever just throw a quote, talk to a carry live, get a live quote. If you're doing maybe one pick, two drop on the way, boom, boom, you, it's safe to assume I could add like 100 bucks onto that. Right. And it all really just depends on how close they all are together. If you have four drops that are going to be not all in the same city, don't just add 50 on for each and be like, all right, yeah, 200 <laughs> extra bucks for those four additional stops. No, it's going to cost more. Yeah, than you're going to be so left holding the bag on that one. Just sit there and look at it and be like, all right, do I think that's realistic? Probably not. So right. Just yep. got to consider all the factors there. Absolutely. Uh, and then now the next one, and I, I found this very interesting that we uh, we have this in here uh, because it's not something that we, in my experience, it's not something that you explicitly charge for all the time, um, and that's blind shipments. So yeah. Alex, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think, like you said, it's not necessarily something that we're going to pay the carrier more for, the customer's going to pay more for. It's just something where you want to set clear expectations. Um, customers got to set clear expectations with me as the broker saying, like, hey, this has got to be a blind sends me the blind BOL separately, you know, get this over to the driver, instruct them to get rid of any paperwork at the shipper, you know, so we don't get caught effectively. Um, and then you also need to talk to the carrier. So I guess when you're taking calls on that, first thing you should say is, this is going to be a blind shipment. Are you guys, do you understand that? Are you able to handle that? If they say no, okay, move on to the next one. You know, you want to get a driver and carrier um, that understands the nature of a blind shipment, how to handle it and how to not mess it up for you and your customer. Yeah, and it's also important to note like tone when you're talking to these carriers where you, a lot of carriers, even if they've never done a blind shipment, they've never heard of it in their life, they're yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on, let's let's slow down, let's talk this through, right? Yeah. Blind shipment, what am I what are you gonna do when I send you this blind BOL? Are you gonna use it at shipper receipt? Kinda, you know, I, if I don't feel comfortable, I'm gonna quiz them a little bit, right? Yeah. Because if I don't feel comfortable with it, I do not want to jeopardize my customer's relationship with their customer. Yep. I've seen it happen, it is not good, it's how you lose a customer almost 100% of the time. Yes. Or at least you got somebody who's very pissed off at you. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Messing up blind shipments can make, make a customer very upset. So that's something you want to be very straightforward on, very diligent when talking to the drivers. Like, do you understand every single step of this, what we need to do, and what will happen if you don't? Yeah, and it's not to say we need to just, you know, 
hey, do you understand? And we don't want to talk down to these carriers, but right. it's something that you can pick up on, right? In your conversations right. with these carriers, you can pick up on, do they understand really what this blind shipment's all about or not? And it's something that's very important to the shipment going smoothly. So I'd say that's why we put an extra emphasis on it. You know? 100%. Uh, next one, and this is probably the biggest one that we can talk the longest on because there are so many variables here and there are so many different expectations from all sides of the spectrum, from carriers to brokers to shippers. They all have a different opinion on what this will be. And that is detention. Yes. Um, so detention, um, something you run into, you can run into it at the shipper, at the receiver. Um, and it really depends on the customers that you have, the carriers that you have the relationship with. There's a lot of variables that play with detention. So you could have a carrier that, you know, the minute after they're sitting there for two hours at the shipper, they're going to you know, send you an email, give you a call. Hey, I need detention to stay here longer. You'll, you might also have carriers that are willing to wait a little longer because they have a good relationship with you. You ever did them wrong, you pay them fair rates. Um, and then also on the other side, you want to feel out your customers. Do they pay detention when things are late or are they just basically ignoring responsibility for that? Um, you want to have customers that are fair and are willing to pay detention if it's, you know, if it's valid. Um, but if not, you just got to kind of balance everything. You don't want to upset the customer, but you also don't want to screw over the carrier. But you also don't want to get left, you know, paying out the tension out of your pocket. So. Right. And I would say the main point to detention for me, three words, expectations, expectations, expectations. That's all it's going to be about. And it's going to be both on customer and carrier side of things. Here's what I think, right? On the customer side of things, as soon as I get a new customer and I start quoting something or, hey, Joe, here it is. Here's the first load. Boom. Let's do. Let's go. And I would argue even before that, when I'm even talking about, hey, what is your process is this and that, flat out ask your customer, hey, what's your detention policy? What happens? Does it ever happen? Is, right. it, is it something expected? Um, if it does happen, will you pay on it? Right. They'll open up right away to you about it. They'll either tell you flat out, no, we don't do detention, or, hey, yeah, here is the process. Usually doesn't happen, but when it does, right. we'll pay 50 bucks an hour. Something like that, right? Right, and you can ask them about their facilities. Like, hey, is it normally a quick load at this place? They're in and out. They would say yes, or, you know, sometimes it or is I slower. Don't know. Yeah. Right, and then you'd say, okay, if there's the event that it is slower and the guy's there for four hours, are you guys willing to pay the fair amount of attention on that? And just, you know, see well, how Well, feel it out, too. Is it your customer's facility as the shipper, or is it their customer? Is it right. another facility? Because in my experience, and I, uh, I'm not sure if you agree, but in my experience, if it's another facility, they're less apt, my customer is, to pay that detention because it's not directly at their facility, right. not their fault is what they'll claim. Right, and something that you could do there to kind of shield yourself from having to pay out detention out of your pocket is basically like straightforward with the customer, hey, is this ready right now? Is it palletized on the dock, ready to be picked up by my driver? Because if it's not and we're gonna run into detention, we don't wanna have that problem. So is right. this ready right now? Right, so it's important to feel out, and this is your job as the broker then. If your customer comes to you, or you come to them and say, hey, detention, do we normally do it, this and that? Well, I don't know, we don't ever pick up our, our facilities. It's always our customer and I don't know what they do. Well, okay, as a broker, I'm not just gonna be like, oh, I do. No, I'm going to be a broker and I'm going to kind of take that further and say, all right, I'm going to give a call over to the shipper. Yes. I'm going to have a conversation with them. You know, I'm going to be very nice. Hey, you know, I was hoping you could help me out with something. You know, that conversation goes a little something like that. Um, you know, what are your loading times? All right, eight to four, first come, first serve. You know, are you guys typically in a two hour window or even a one hour window? And just get them talking, right? Ah, well, sometimes we have trucks sitting out. Do you have a long line? This and that. Just get, get the expectation, get them. Get yourself in the mindset of what this carrier might call you with. Hey, I've been here for four hours. Yeah. You know, so, and that's what I kind of want to segue into on the carrier side is 
my philosophy is I'm not going to right off the bat handing them a ship and be like, hey, what's your detention policy? Right. When it gets close to it, right, if a carrier emails me, hey, I've been here for an hour, nobody's even talked to me yet. Okay, so now, hey, what, are we talking detention if we go over two hours? What are your rates? What are we looking at? I save that with the carrier side, but it, it's important to note that you do have to have that conversation eventually with them. Yeah, absolutely. And then just setting the expectation, you know, providing everything up front to the carrier. Like, hey, you know, I called over there. They said that they'll have, you know, open slots around 11 a.m. to get you in there, get you out real quick. Or if you show up at one, you might have to wait a little bit, but, you know, they'll get you in soon enough. Just so they're not expecting to get loaded in and out quick, you know, set that expectation. If we run into detention, you know, we'll discuss it when that comes up, but just be very clear on everything from the start. Yeah. And now what I want to talk about is kind of the standard, right? What's the rate? And this one, I will say, like I said before when we introduced it, it is all over the place. There is no yep. set standard rate. There is no, this is it. I mean, there's a ballpark, I would say, yeah. um, as far as to what's fair and what's, you know, astronomical or crazy. Um, and that can be on both sides. You could offer a carrier a, an insulting rate for, you know, I sat there for six hours, here's 50 bucks. Yeah, Joe and Alex are going to get called into corporate from the carrier complaining about that yeah. <laughs> all day, every day. So let's talk about some, some standards on that. Um, if you're going to, and it's important as a broker, if I know the policies ahead of time of customer, you know, $50 an hour after two hours, I'm going to put that on my Raycon. So yeah. the carrier sees that, they agreed to it, they signed it, yeah. and it's not a surprise to them. Right. right, and then they can't come back to me requesting seventy-five dollars per hour. Exactly. Say, hey, it was on the Raycon. This is what the customer will pay me. I'm willing to pass it through you, you know, through to you one hundred percent. But I'm not going to pay out of my pocket for this. Exactly. And if you get caught in a situation where you just for some reason didn't do your due diligence and you don't know, and now you're in a situation where I have four hours of detention, and I just have a conversation with the carrier, pick yeah. up that phone. Don't ignore it. Don't let it go to voicemail. See what they're willing to accept. You'll yeah. be surprised. A lot of times, it's not going to be astronomical. No, a lot of times they out. might say like a hundred bucks. You know, add it on to my rate. It's all good. And you'd be like, okay, fine with me. That's you know? it's exactly it. Flat out, I, I have conversations like that all the time with carriers. I know you do too. It's just, hey man, what are we talking here? Yeah. What's a, what's a reasonable rate? What are you looking for? And then you work with that, right? And then you go into your, if if it's something crazy, you go into your negotiation skills yes. as a broker to be able to talk through that. Yes, absolutely. And I feel like the standard. Industry standard for detention is two hours free. And then after that, you know, probably right around $50 per hour for every hour yeah. waiting after that first two hours. I would agree. I would so agree. I would say that's pretty standard. 50, 50 to 75 bucks is yeah. where, where typically It varies between customer and broker and carrier, but I feel like that's good average. And a lot number. of times I would say that uh, before you get into obviously a layover fee, but if we're talking like multiple detention hours of like four to six, Sometimes a lot of carriers will want like a lump sum. We're not right. talking, you know, and, and customers will do that too, right? Um, a negotiated lump sum. But uh, we could spend a half hour just talking about detention etiquette, but um, we'll kind of get on to the next one here. I want to talk about um, driver load and unload. We're just going to get right into it. Uh, and that also kind of with the driver load and unload, we want to talk about lumpers too. That yeah. kind of goes with that. Um, so, uh, so Alex, I'll, I'll let you kind of take, take lead like we have been here as far as what, what, what is that driver load and unload and, and when can you expect it? Um, and also the lumpers. So yeah, you just want to talk to all of the carriers that are, you know, bidding on your load and see if they're able and willing to, you know, help load or unload the truck. Um, let them know that you'll pay a little bit more for that service and just be clear on the expectations. You know, if this guy's going to be asked to lift 200 pound pallets, that's not, that's not realistic, but, um, if he's just 
you know, in there to help the dock workers get it off the truck faster. I feel like that's pretty reasonable. Yep. Again, it's going to all come down to those expectations, right? And you want to make it on both the customer and the carrier side. Hey, Mr. Customer, how many pounds are we talking? What does he exactly need to do? I don't need just, hey, driver assist. What does the driver assist entail, right? Because right. I can't tell you how many times I've had that happen early on in my brokering days where it's, hey, driver assist, sure. And that's all I told the driver. He gets there and he's like, they want me to unload 400-pound pallets by myself. I don't even have a pallet jack. What is going on here? Right. You want to avoid that, right? Yes. So it's important to, not even more on the carrier side, on the customer side of this, it's expectations. What exactly are we talking about here for a driver unload? Right. And will they be compensated for it? Yes. That is a big thing, too. And I would say anywhere from, if you're doing a simple driver load, unload, assist, 50 bucks to 100 bucks an hour, or not an hour, um, just, I'd say a flat rate, you know. $50 an hour, probably. Something like that. Um, also, with that comes the lumper fee, right? So, yes. So, with the lumpers, and, and we we all kind of know what that is, right? A lumper service is going to be um, a third party who is at a sh- on-site at a shipper or a receiver. Could actually be the, the actual companies, too, but most of the time it's going to be a third party um, with a forklift, a pallet jack, whatever that's going to be. And what they do is they, they will take that driver assist off of the driver, right? They'll, yep. they'll do it themselves. They'll take that off. Uh, maybe it's just an unmanned warehouse and the company pays for a lumper service there. There's going to be fees included with that. Yep. I've seen anywhere from 30 bucks an hour to up to 100 it, It's kind of all over the place on that. But right. it's important to ask, again, your customer, are we going to see lumpers on shipper or receiver? And, and then correlate that with the carrier. Yeah, and then with the carrier, just get a receipt for that lumper. So that yeah, you have that's proof, big. proof to go back to the customer. Like, hey, this guy paid $70 for the lumper fee. We got to reimburse him for that. I have and, proof right here. And that'll happen a lot of times when um, customer doesn't tell you, right? And you right. forgot to ask. Got to have that proof. Now, now the driver's calling you, hey, what's going on? There's a lumper here. All right, we're going to get you a comm check, and boom, we're going to tell the customer about it. Um, and then the last one that we might go over, uh, we kind of want to keep it a little short here. We're going to have a, a part two as well next week. We're going to go through a lot more of these assets because there are a ton that we want to go over. Um, last one we're going to go over today is going to be a layover fee, right? And that kind of go along with uh, with detention fees. Um, so I'd say once you get over that, I don't know, what do you say, Alex? Maybe that's four to six hour was, mark? Yeah, I was going to say around six hours. So You're talking layover. Right, and in place in the detention, you're not going to want to pay fifty dollars an hour for ten out ten hours of detention. That'd be five hundred dollars. That's you know that's unless that's the customer's policy. Hey, and if the customer's okay with paying it, that's fine. But right. typically, that that wouldn't be accepted. So if you get into a very elongated wait where it's probably not going to be ready today, and the driver's going to have to sleep there and get loaded tomorrow, start start talking terms of a layover. Um, let them know, you know, what you're thinking in terms of a layover fee, you know, see what they're thinking. You can also negotiate that from there. I would say, you know, if they got there, you know, Wednesday morning and they had to wait all the way till Thursday morning to get loaded, it might be a little bit more of a layover fee. We might be talking something more like 200, $250, $300. But if they get there at 3.30 p.m. on Wednesday and then they have to wait till Thursday morning and get loaded and get out of there, might be 150 200 It's going to be less for a layover fee. It all just depends on how long they're sitting there waiting. Right, and I'd say it's if you're running into a bunch of, if you're running into a customer, it just gives me a good idea, a good example, right, to kind of spew out there for situations you might be in. If you're dealing with a customer who didn't expect attention and now you're running into a disaster where it's seven, eight hours, I would present that to my customer as a solution, right? Yes. Okay, hey, instead of us having to pay detention at $50, $75 an hour, I went and negotiated a flat layover rate with this carrier. Which will right? turn out being less than... The hourly hourly rate, would and you be. sell that to your customer, yeah. and that is a service. That is a that is a 
a service that they will appreciate, right? right? I saved them money. Anytime you can do that, it's going to be a big big plus for you as and, far as that. And you can tell them, hey, I'm going to give this carrier $250, and they will wait until it's ready now. Yep. So they don't have to worry about that continuing the clock keep on going. Exactly. And now you're not racking up 50, 50, 50 every, for every right. hour, which a customer will start to just lose their shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants that to happen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so layover is kind of where you go from detention when you start getting way up into detention hours. Yep. Uh, and those layover fees can save you. They've saved me a bunch of times where it's, all right, Mr. Carrier, instead of us paying, you know, your $50, $75 an hour rate, it's obviously a layover at this point as far as the time that we've spent on this. Why don't we go ahead and just negotiate a flat rate? Yeah. What are you willing to take to, you know, wait for this tomorrow morning? Absolutely. Well, normally they're pretty reasonable. I'll tell you what, Alex, there are, there are a ton of these that I still want to go over next week yes. um, because I think they're very important, right? Yep. And that's kind of a wrap-up to so what we always say for the brokers out there. Why are we talking about this? Why are we giving you this information? It just goes into the business practices, right? The good business practices you're going to have as a broker because, again, we're talking to mainly agents out there that are doing their own business, right? Yeah. Um, it, it is your business, and you need to have those expectations and those things set. Nobody's going to do it for you, right. um, especially in an agency model like LDI. Nobody, no, there's no manager going to be calling you every day like, hey, did you uh, did you check up on your accessory? No, right. you're going to need to do that. You're going to need to have those practices and those um those standards in yeah. place. Uh, to wrap that up real quick, you just want to be very diligent um, in terms of accessorials. You want to be fair. You want to use you know proper etiquette that Joe and I discussed here. And proper etiquette is just going to keep you in the good graces of both the carriers that you work with and your customers. Try to keep everybody happy, um, and then you should be you should be good to go because accessorials can really ruin a day if you don't handle them properly. Oh, they can. They they've ruined many a days for me, and, and you learn from them, right? Yes. And that's kind of what we're out here, kind of just talking to to all the brokers out there about what we've seen, what we've learned, and, and just tips and, and trades, right? Tips of the trade. So. Um, well, Alex, it's it's another successful episode in the books. Yes. Episode three. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna keep going on this, man, because I feel like we have so much content and so much so much to say, right? Yeah. Um, at least I, you know, I feel like I could sit here and talk accessorials for two hours here, but you know, we don't want to bore the people out there. Yeah, I don't know if anyone wants to sit and listen to that, but right. uh, <laughs> we'll break it up into next week's episode. Right. And what's important to kind of take a note from these is just, you know, we're gonna give you the information. Obviously, we sat here and told you, hey, what is a detention fee? What, you know, we wanted to kind of, you know, boring what it actually is. But we take that a step further as far as how can I enhance my business? How can I enhance my quality to my customer, my carrier relations? How can I improve on that with this stuff, right? We know it's there. We know what it is. What what can we do to make ourselves better every day with these things, with policies, procedures, setting standards, setting expectations? And that's kind of the main takeaway that I have from it. So, Alex, burning question. Week six in the NFL here to close out. We're always going to talk you know, predictions for our bills. We got a big matchup here with the Kansas City Chiefs. After the showing uh, on Tuesday, I'm I'm a little worried, but I think Josh brings it back. I think we have a shootout between Mahomes and Allen, and I think uh, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna wait for my prediction on score until I hear you talk. Yeah, this one's tough. Um, you know, the Bills had a setback this past week. So did the Chiefs. Both had our first loss of the season, so I would say those were unexpected. I would say this is the game we probably had circled on the calendar when this, the schedule came out. Oh, yeah. Biggest matchup of the season, you know, Super Bowl champs. It's going to be tough, Joe. You know, I want to say that the Bills are going to win every single game, every single week, and I wish they do, but this one is going to be very tough. 
Score wise, I don't I don't want to predict a loss, but I'm kind of finding it hard to predict a win on this one. The Chiefs are very tough, and our our showing last week wasn't really up to par. I think just I give think, it to me. Alex. I think we'll bring it out this week. I think we'll have a shootout, like you said. I think it can be close. I think we hang, but I do think the Chiefs will probably squeak one out. Maybe like 37-34. Okay, 37-34. I'm gonna come right out and I'm gonna say it. Bills are gonna win. They're gonna bounce back. They're gonna show America what's up, and uh, it's gonna be a 42 to 38 win. Hey. That would be awesome. We'll be celebrating on oh, Tuesday man. morning if that's oh, the case. Man. I really hope we do. Oh, it'll be it'll be a great episode next week if that does happen. But as we always say here, we're gonna wrap it up for the uh, episode three here of the Broker Bros podcast, the the podcast for brokers by the brokers. Um, and uh, as we always say here, go Bills. Go Bills.